missing. But our God is the God of the individual. He knows the number of hairs on your head. Scripture tells us that he clothes the lilies of the fields and the flowers of the fields. If a sparrow falls, he doesn't miss it. He sees it. And how much more does he care about you than a bird that flies in the air? He cares infinitely more about you. He knows where you are. We're so glad that you're here. Thank you, Grant. We're so glad that you're here. And we're just believing God's going to continue to move in your life and in your family's life. Uh, Next week, this Wednesday, you don't want to miss this Wednesday, our very own Grant Dunlap will be preaching the word. It's going to be an awesome night. We're looking forward to that. And then next Sunday, we will be doing uh, Christmas Eve. It'll be a special service. It's going to be one hour long. And uh, we're going to have some singing, and we're going to just come together and celebrate the birth of Christ. And you don't want to miss it. It's going to be a great time in the presence of of the body of Christ, but in the presence of our King. And so please uh, make some time on your Christmas Eve to just come and remember the reason for the season. Um, Over the past few weeks, we've dove into a little bit of the legacy of Christmas. And uh, I now have three toddlers. It's, It's an adventure. And uh, they are amazing. All three of them are incredible. And one of the greatest joys of being a dad, quit laughing. But one of the greatest joys of being a dad is getting to show my kids all the wonderful things of yesteryears. And so I have had the wonderful pleasure during this Christmas season to begin to introduce them to the old classics like Rudolph. You've got Donner and Dancer and Comet and, uh, you know, I, I meant to write it down. And I knew I was going to forget it. Dancer. What would I do without my wife? But we all understand the legacy of Rudolph, right? And how on that fateful day that storm would blow in. And although he had been mocked and tormented, we understand that, that Santa Claus, he came to Rudolph on that fateful night and said, hey, I need you to lead my sleigh tonight. My kids have been introduced to St. Nick and, and the Burgermeister. They've been introduced to Buddy the Elf and all of his hilarious antics around New, the city of New York. They have uh, met Scrooge and the Muppets, as he says, bah humbug, and and Rizzo the Rat and Gonzo tell the story of Charles Dickens and that wonderful Christmas story. There's a lot of characters that build the, the legacy of Christmas that we are all accustomed to in this culture of Santa coming down the chimney on Christmas Eve and, and all those wonderful things and all the characters that have joined him to make Christmas what it is in our culture. But we recognize, if you are a Christ follower at all or a disciple of Christ at all, you recognize that the real reason for the season isn't the presence or, 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 or Santa Claus or Rudolph. The reason for this season is to celebrate that 2,000 years ago, our God came, robed in flesh, came and was born of a virgin, and he showed up so that you and I could not just live this life overcoming, And as overcomers, but he came so that we could have life and life everlasting. So that we're not just dying and and, and life's over. We understand that there is eternal life found in Christ Jesus. 
And so at this season, we, we recognize that there are a lot of people throughout Scripture that lead to the legacy of what we know as Christmas and Christ's birth. And we talked about it a couple of times over the past couple of weeks. We talked about the, the incredible heritage of Jesus and his lineage. There was a lot of people in his lineage that you wouldn't even trust with your wallet or cell phone, but Christ trusted them in his bloodline. And I'm so thankful that our God still takes people that are broken and restores and uses them all for his glory. Last week, Lizzie masterfully spoke of Simeon, the one man in the temple who is waiting for the prophecies of the Messiah to be fulfilled. And he waited, and he waited, and he waited. And finally, Jesus was brought into the temple with Mary and Joseph. And Simeon recognized, my waiting is over. And we all go through waiting periods in life, but I'm thankful that our God, His promises will be fulfilled. But there's many people to talk about when it comes to the real legacy of Christmas. Whether it is the shepherds that met the angels on that wonderfully cold maybe night. And they experienced those angels singing glory to God in the highest. There's the innkeeper that made room for Mary and Joseph in that manger and in that stable. And then of course there is Mary and Joseph. The ones who had experienced the promises of God and in spite of all the ridicule and what was coming against them, they said, I am going to be faithful to what I've been called to do. But this morning for just a few moments, and I'm watching the time, I promise, I want to look at Matthew chapter 2. It's the story of the wise men, the magi, the story of them seeking and following after a star that was to lead them to the Messiah. Matthew, if you'll throw up Matthew 2 there, we'll, we'll read through this quickly. But it says, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. And when King Herod heard this, he was disturbed in all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. It's wild. People can interpret the Bible correctly when they want to, right? And here they are about to interpret Scripture and recognize, In Bethlehem, in Judea, they replied, For this is what the prophet Malachi has written, But you... Bethlehem in the land of Judah are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For you, out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. And then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out, exactly, found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I too may go and worship him. Two more verses. After they heard the king, they went on their way. And the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. And when they saw the star, they were overjoyed. One more verse, sorry. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with the gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. This story... Of these wise men is incredibly profound. They, they, they sought Jesus. 
They, they lived in, in a world that was much like ours. There was chaos at that time. and I mean, there was the Roman rule and everything else was going on. But they decided we are going to seek after what it is we've been called to do. We're going to seek after our Messiah. Sadly, in the world that we live in, we don't see enough people seeking after Jesus anymore. We can seek a lot of things in this life and relationships, promotions, likes on social media, affirmation from others, and many other things. But these men, they said all of that is not important. And they were willing to give of their time, their talent, their treasure, all to seek after this Jesus, after this Messiah. Scripture tells us that they recognized that there was a difference in the sky during that time. There was a sign that notified them that the king was here and they needed to go after him. And so they laid aside every weight. They were willing to spend whatever it cost. They were willing to give of their time and put their life on hold all to seek after this Messiah. In the same way Jesus came then, we need to recognize that the Bible tells us that there is a day that Jesus is returning. And there are scriptures much like that star that give us a sign of what it will be like on this earth when Christ returns. Matthew 24 verse 3. Jesus would be telling his disciples. Sitting on the Mount of Olives. And he would tell, they would ask. Tell us. Give us the understanding. Tell us the signs. Of what it's going to be like. When you come at the end of the age. And Jesus responds. And he says. Watch out that no one deceives you. For many will come in my name. Claiming I am the Messiah. And they will deceive many. You will hear of wars and rumors of wars. But, to, but see to it that you are not alarmed. Such things must happen. But the end is still to come. Nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginning of birth pains. Then you will be handed over and be persecuted and put to death. And you will be hated by all nations because of me. At that time, many will turn away from the faith and will betray and hate each other. And many false prophets will appear and deceive many. Because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold. But the one who stands will be firm, stands firm to the end will be saved. And the gospel, that's it, you're right. But Jesus was giving a warning. And I don't know about you, but I, when I read those scriptures... To me, it's a lot like the star that hung over the stable or it's hung over the house of Jesus. And much like those magi, there should be something going off in our spirits and in our minds that says, wait, there is some signals, there's some notifications that I'm starting to recognize maybe the king is about to come back. They recognized in those early days, hey, there's a star over there, and we need to follow after it. That's going to lead us to where we, are go we need to be. And just like that, there needs to be a church that says, hey, there is a big old notification in the sky right now. You don't have to look very far to see those scriptures being fulfilled. 
There's nation rising against nation, brother against brother. There's wars and rumors of wars every single day. There's famine, there's earthquakes, there's all of it taking place. And I think here in 2023, soon to be 2024, the love of many has waxed cold. And we live in a nation where pleasure is so convenient that sometimes we don't even see Jesus as, a, as any sort of necessity, just a little sidebar in our life. But these men, they, they give us a little bit of an understanding of what it is to seek after Jesus. It's going after him with all that you've got. Willing to pay the whatever cost it is, pay, pay the price with my life, I will lay my life down. But there needs to be a shift that not, doesn't just take place in someone else. It's easy to point a finger and say, man, they really need to clean up their act. Man, if only my wife was this way. If only my husband treated me that way. If only my kids cleaned their room. If all, it's easy, right? You can point your fingers and figure it out for everybody else. But what about us? It's easy to tell somebody else they need to seek Jesus, but what about me? Am I seeking Jesus the way he's called me to seek after him? If these signs of the times are, are very real and evident, am I doing anything about it or am I just going about life as normal, expecting I'm going to live to a ripe old age and then pass away and that will be wonderful and that will be great? Or am I living aware that there is a big old star in the sky? And that the king is coming back. And he is looking for a bride that is without spot or wrinkle. He is looking for a people that is devout to his name. And he is calling you and I to, to seek after him with our whole hearts. But there needs to be a shift within each of us. That like those magi on that day say, wait a minute. That sign isn't just for that person down the road. That sign is for me. I thought I was coming to a church service. I didn't quite know what to expect. Somebody bribed me with lunch. Somebody said I had to come, and so I'm here. I didn't know what to expect. Well, let this be your sign for just a moment that God loves you. He sees you where you are, and he wants relationship with you. But there's got to be a shift within each of us that says the most important thing. You're all I want, God. You're my greatest desire. The prophet Jeremiah, he would say, and you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. That's a big word. It's only three letters, but that's a huge word right there. All of your heart. I've been around some passionate people. People that bleed purple and gold. Oh, come on now. I'm sorry, it's been a tough year. And they still bleed purple and gold. Why? Because it's part of, they're not just half a fan. They're not half-hearted. They're all in. Good year, bad year, you might call for the coach's head, but you're still a fan. Because it's, it's your passion. And sometimes when it comes to God and seeking God, when things are going great, it's easy that I'm all in. 
But then I hit a bump in the road. All of a sudden, there's something that comes against me, and there's adversity. And all of a sudden, it's easy to take the, the foot off the pedal a little bit. But God is looking for some people saying, no, no, no. That's not, I'm not going to be a fair-weather Christian. I'm not just going to do what I can do to get by. I'm going to seek him with all of my heart. Jesus would follow up that prophet and say, if you want to understand how this works, he'd say, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened up to you. You want to, you want to find Jesus? Let me recommend beginning to seek after him. Seek for him. Don't just do it on Sundays. On Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday and Saturday, carve out some time to do some seeking in your own life. Say, God, you're not just important to me when I feel the goosebumps and the Holy Spirit's moving in a beautiful service on a Sunday. You're worth seeking after when I don't feel anything. You're worth seeking after on the best day, and you're worth seeking after when I feel like I'm at my lowest. But every day, God, I want to seek after you. Let's all stand this morning. Those magi, they would seek after Jesus. They wouldn't hold anything back. And the best part is, that final verse, they found him. They found him, and they begin to present him with gold and frankincense and myrrh. We just sang that song, and it says, God, I don't have much, but one thing I can give you for sure is my hallelujah. This morning, that might be all you have to offer. And that's enough. But when you're seeking God, He wants to show Himself to you. And this morning, and throughout this holiday season that we are in, there's a lot of hustle and bustle. There's a lot of Christmas parties and family and friends and time together. But maybe you're on the other side of that where it's a very lonely season. Whether it's one extreme or the other extreme. Can I recommend throughout this holiday season, seeking after Jesus. In the hustle and bustle, it can almost be too much and, and you almost, it's a sidebar thing, right? Like, I, I don't really have time. Make time. On the other end of the extreme, you can feel the anxieties and the depressions of life that weigh so heavy that you don't even know how to handle it all. And you don't even, I, I can't pray. I've got too much to think about, to process. Why am I in this position that I find myself? But in both situations, our God wants to show himself real to you and minister to you where you're at. And so this morning, before we close this service, I'd like to give you an opportunity to just seek after Jesus for a moment. We're going to have some fun out in the lobby here in just a few minutes. But I believe God has been speaking to somebody from the very first song of this service. Many prayers have been prayed over today. We didn't know who would be here, who would, would not be here. But God knew. And so for just a few moments, I wish you would respond to this word this morning. 
But it's time for some people to begin seeking after him with all your heart. If you would make make your way out of your seat. And I know we don't have a ton of space this morning. We've got some extra seats out. But if you would make your way out of your seat. And if we could come up to this altar. If you would get out into the aisles. And let this just be a representation. God, I'm taking a step this morning. God, I'm, I'm, I'm taking a step towards you. I, I, I want to seek you with all my heart. This isn't a partial thing, God. This is an all of me thing. The Spirit of God is here. And if you've never been filled with His Spirit before, can I tell you, you don't have to leave this place that way. You can be filled with His Spirit today, speaking in other tongues. Come on. Come on. That's it. Come on, church. Come crowd this altar a little bit. Come on. Come crowd this altar for just a few moments. Jesus, through this season, I'm going to seek you with all my heart. Let the church. Come on, Jesus, me and my family.